The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, hey, welcome to a little drive-in church this morning. Uh, We're so glad you're here and you've joined us. Um, hey, we're going to be in, in uh, Luke chapter 6. If you got a Bible or you got a, a Bible or a smartphone with a Bible app on it, you can turn there. Um, at the Grove Church, we use the YouVersion app, and uh, so you could check that out. Also wanted to let you know that uh, a couple of logistics before we jump in today to Luke 6. First of all, um, you received a bunch, a bunch of information as you came in. Uh, and uh, there, there's the card there. We encourage you to take some time while you're here for everybody and, and fill that card out. If you're a guest with us, I know you're in a car, so it's a little unique today. But if you're a first time guest, we would love to have you fill that out and turn it in as you exit. We have host team at the exit. Second thing is, yes, there is some giving envelopes and on the card also some descriptions of ways to give. We appreciate your financial faithfulness in a time like this because uh, it's clearly unique, but we appreciate that. And then finally, um, we have a partnership with the Marysville Community Food Bank that we've had for years. And we're aware, we became aware this week that there's a severe need there where they've had more people coming to get help and a lot less people able to give in this season. And if maybe you brought stuff, we announced it on social media and a few different ways. But if you brought some non-perishable food items and you're ready to uh, give those, you can hand those out or sorry, hand those in as you exit. And we'll take those to the food bank together. But also um, if throughout the week you're out shopping and maybe you pick up a few extra items, you can go to the Marysville Community Food Bank. It's actually located at 88th and State Avenue. It's behind the Catholic Church, kind of to the east and back behind the Catholic Church. If you check out their website, their hours are on there and you can drop some food off. But there is a critical need in our community um, for families that are navigating uh, what it's like to not have the meals they need. So anyway, thank you for doing that as well. Like I said, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6 this morning. And uh, before we jump into that, I was I was digging some of the social media memes out there. Clearly, one of the ways we navigate situations like this on one hand, yes, absolutely, it's very serious. And we're very prayerful about what's going on in individuals that are suffering from the virus and needing to recover. But sometimes a little bit of humor is a good thing. And uh, I saw a couple of posts I appreciated a ton. One of them was uh, parents that are now homeschooling. And the meme was two days into homeschooling and one student is already suspended and the other is skipping class. So I thought that was kind of amusing. And then another one, and and this is probably my favorite one so far, a gal posted this. I done ate 22 times and took 13 naps, and it's still today. And so I just thought that was kind of funny, you know, as as we're kind of all facing being at home a lot. That can be how it feels. So I thought that that's kind of amusing. Um, The other day, I was backing out of my garage, and as I was backing out, I noticed there was a puddle on my garage floor, kind of on the passenger side where I was parked. And... um, And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, no, is something wrong with my car? Because this last year, I've spent way too much money on car repairs. My car just turned 200,000 miles, and I'm like, oh, come on. I just spent a bunch of money. I don't need another repair right now. As I continue to back out, I was looking at this puddle, and I could tell it was water. And so immediately, I'm like, okay, well, that's good because it's not brake fluid or antifreeze or oil. So at least that's good news. Well, as I continue to back out, I saw the lid to a water bottle and a smashed water bottle bottle that I'd clearly driven over. And I was relieved that that was the case. Obviously, somehow it got under there. I backed out and the water bottle burst and there was that puddle of water. Um, And so, you know, if if I had backed out and the puddle was a bunch of red liquid and and I saw the water bottle, you'd immediately think, well, clearly that's not the water bottle. That, That red is something else. Or if it was green goo under my car and I backed out and saw the squished water bottle, we'd all go, okay, that's not from the water bottle. That's something 
else. Now you're like, why is he even bringing this up? What is the point of this conversation right now? Because here's what we know. When you squeeze a bottle of water, water comes out. Now I'm getting to something here. I'm making a point that, that goes like this. When something gets squeezed, whatever is on the inside comes out. But here's the thing. Let me put it this way to make it a little more personal. When you or I, when we get squeezed, something comes out. And, and don't take it too literally. Some of you guys are like, well, yeah, like organs and blood and guts. Okay, stop it. Not literal, not like that. So, so hold on here. But in the current circumstances that you and I face, there's obviously a squeezing going on. And it might go like this. For some of you, it's, you know what? If I get sick, oh no, what's gonna happen? And there's a squeeze. Maybe for some, it's this whole thing of like, you know what? I can't work right now. And I don't know how I'm gonna pay my bills. And you feel the squeeze happening. Maybe for you, you got kids at home and they're not going to school anymore. And you're like, how am I gonna keep my sanity? And how am I gonna do this homeschool thing? And how is this gonna work at home without me losing my mind? Calgon, take me away. What am I gonna do? And that's your squeeze. Or maybe it's simply thinking, you know what? When is this gonna end? When is life ever gonna return to normal again? And you feel that squeeze. As you're being squeezed, the simple question is this, as you're being squeezed, what's coming out? Right now, we're all sensing a squeezing in one way or another. We're all processing it in our own unique ways, in our own context. But many of these questions hit a lot of people that are listening right now. We're all being squeezed one way or another. But the question is, what's coming out? Maybe some of you are like, you know what? I'm a lot more impatient than I ever thought I was. And I find myself snapping at family members because we're stuck in the house together. Or you're thinking, I find myself losing sleep worrying about what tomorrow and the next day and next week and next month is going to look like. And, and so you're being squeezed and, and anxiety is coming out and you, you find yourself unsettled constantly over and over and over. We're being squeezed. The question is what's coming out. Now, here's the good news. In whatever way you're being squeezed and whatever is coming out, here's the good news. God is not turning his back on you. And whether you see it this way or not, this really is a teaching moment for every single one of us. Maybe as you're being squeezed, for some of you, what's coming out is worship. Maybe what's coming out is you being reminded of songs like Jordan was just leading us in. You know, even when I don't see it, you're working or that, that he is our living hope or whatever. Maybe worship is coming out and that's a good thing. Maybe you're being reminded of certain scripture verses that you learned as a kid or that you learned five years ago or that you learned last week and you're being reminded of not living in fear, of leaning in to Jesus, of casting your burdens on him, straight scripture that's building you up. Maybe, and hopefully, you're finding yourself leaning into prayer that where you worry, pray. God, I'm worried about finances. Lord, would you do something? God, I'm worried about this whole home thing and all my kids and they're driving me nuts. God, help. Lean in to prayer. And maybe you're leaning into prayer and worship and scripture. And that's a good thing. And I'm sure God appreciates that. But here's the other good news. Maybe 
you're leaning into anxiety. Maybe you're leaning into dread. Maybe you're leaning into stuff that, that keeps you feeling this knot in your stomach and this inability to, to actually like be happy or laugh or, or, or enjoy life at all because of all the burdens that you feel in your current circumstances. The good news is, as I said, our Father is not turning his back on us. He's here for us, whether we're responding well or we're responding not so well. And so let, let me let me just say this, panic, fear, worry, whatever it might be, if it's consuming, it's okay. Because our Heavenly Father, I'm going to put it this way on purpose, our Heavenly Father is here to help clean up the mess. See, let, let me remind you, that's what salvation was originally about. The most important thing for you and I to ever understand is that the issue of sin separates us from God. But but God, our Heavenly Father, in His great love for every single one of us, sends Jesus to the cross to pay the price for our sin, to pay the price for our mess. He was there to clean up the mess in the big picture. But here's what you need to know. He's there to clean up the mess, even in the small picture, the day-to-day -day anxiety, the thing you felt yesterday, the thing you maybe felt driving in this morning, the thing you're going to feel later this week. He's there for you. And what he wants is for you to lean in to him. And so let, let me remind you as we go to, for a moment, we're going to get to Luke 6, James chapter 1. Now, the general outline of James in this day right now is so unbelievably important, and you might not even know it. James is a letter written by the half-brother of Jesus. James didn't believe that Jesus, his half-brother, was the Christ until after he resurrected and the church was established. But then James became a leader in the church, and he wrote this letter to the churches. The way James opens up, and if you want to look this up, go back to Luke 6 in a minute, you can. James chapter 1, the very first verse says, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. That doesn't maybe mean a ton to you and me today, but that was written originally by James in his deep concern for churches that in persecution weren't able to meet like they normally would. Sound familiar? It may not be persecution, but here we are meeting in a weird way, uh, up on a rooftop and we're in cars and all that stuff. But James is saying, hey, we're not able to gather and encourage each other like we typically could, but let me encourage you even still. So he wrote this letter. And then verse two says, consider it pure joy whenever you face squeezings of many kinds. Now, it doesn't say squeezing, but that's what a test is. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith, the squeezing of your faith produces perseverance. So James opens up with, we're not able to meet like normal. Let me still encourage you. Consider it joy when you face trials because, now we'll get to the because in just a second. Hebrews chapter 12. If you're taking notes, write this down. In Hebrews 12, the writer says this in verse 7. Endure hardships as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate children at all. Moreover, we have all had fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. Now, not in the moment. I remember as a kid, I got spankings. I'm sure some of you out there got spankings. My dad's hand felt like it was this big, had like extra knuckles on it, hurt extra bad. My dad would spank me. Now, looking back, I needed a good spanking. Let me just be honest. Okay. And, and some of us did. I can look back and respect the fact that my dad was trying to help me grow up and become mature. Okay. The writer of Hebrews says this, they disciplined us 
for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Now, verse 11 is the clincher. Listen to this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, amen, but painful later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Don't get me wrong, and please don't skip this point. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here saying that, that you know, COVID-19 is the Lord's discipline. or I, That is not my place. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is that when you and I are being squeezed in a way, it's God wanting to teach us something in the midst of a very uncomfortable situation. So a simple fact is this, as a child of God, we will all be squeezed. Now, James says, consider it pure joy. The writer of Hebrews says that, that um, it, it's painful, but it, it produces a harvest. Now, both of these writers are using this idea of, of the trial we face producing something. When you and I squeeze apples, something is produced. It's called apple juice. When you and I squeeze oranges, something is produced. It's called orange juice. When you and I are squeezed, something is produced. And I'm going right back to what I was saying a moment ago. It's important for you and I to stop and look at what's being produced in the midst of all of us right now being squeezed in one way or another. Because James and the writer of Hebrews both say we're going to be squeezed. Now, after James starts in, we can't meet like normal, 12 tribes scattered all over. Let me encourage you to consider it joy in this trial. For them, it was persecution. For us, it's a pandemic. But then he goes on, and what I love, and some of you need to take this week and read all of James. It's only five chapters, but this letter was written. We can't meet as normal. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. And the rest of the book is literally examples of different trials and how to overcome those trials. He goes into trials and temptations. Then he talks about listening and doing. He talks about the not showing favoritism. Then he talks about the difference between um, faith and, and deeds, the need to tame the tongue, eternal wisdom and, and earthly wisdom, living in surrender to God, pride or boasting about tomorrow, warning about living in riches and, and that being our, our comfort, patience in suffering, and then praying in faith. That's a snapshot briefly of the outline of the entire letter James wrote to the churches. But I sit here and think how applicable for you and me today that James is saying, look, things are wonky and weird, but be encouraged in this. And by the way, here's some examples of trials and how you can get through them. So it's a good read. Now, let me finally, uh, so James is literally a roadmap for handling the squeeze we face. Now, let me finally get to Luke 6 for a few moments here. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 says this, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the good stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. James is literally, I'm sorry, uh, Luke is literally saying that from the words of Jesus himself, that you and I are storing things up that are going to come out. If you look at the Matthew um, 11, or sorry, 12 version of this, it says this, make a tree good. Jesus is not talking about trees. Jesus is talking about people. Now, I think it's a little bit humorous to think that my last name is Baumgart. It literally means tree garden or tree gardener. 
And so here I am, and, and, and we're trees, and as, at the Grove Church, the idea of a grove is a group of trees growing together, so what a fitting moment to be reminded. But, but he says, um, make a tree good. And the point there is he opens this in Matthew 12. The point here is that you and I have a choice. You and I have a decision to make about how we put in the right things so that when we're squeezed, the right things come out. Just make a tree good. So what do we do? How do we store up good things so we can pass with flying colors when we're squeezed? And it all goes back to every single one of us has certain responsibilities that we have to do. Every single one of us, we, we have places to go for work or we have responsibilities at home. We have taxes that need to be paid and some of you got an extension and you're deeply relieved. You get three more months, so Merry Christmas on that one. But all of us have responsibilities. But let me ask you this. When you don't have responsibilities and you have margin, the ability to choose whatever you wanna do at a certain given moment, what do you choose to do? Now, if your answer is, well, I accidentally eat a whole bag of Lay's potato chips because nobody can eat just one while I'm sitting on a Barca lounger binging on Hallmark movies, okay, I, I can understand that maybe. But the truth is that's not necessarily the best way to spend the, the, the weeks of time if we're you know, quarantined to our homes for a long period. What are you going to do? How are you going to spend that time? How do you currently spend that time? time. When you're driving from here to there, what are you listening to? I made the mistake this week on social media of posting, literally this was my post, um, 104.5, 105.3, 106.5. And I sent it out there into the social media you know, world. And people were commenting like, oh my gosh, do you have a fever? Like, are you dying? Are you okay? What's going on? It was a mistake. I should have given more information. What I was doing was actually posting locally in the Seattle area radio stations for you and I to listen to, to build ourselves up with what I like to call truth-filled music. And so 104.5 is a radio station. 105.3 is a radio station. 106.5 is a radio station for you to listen and be built up appropriately. So when you're driving from here to there, what do you listen to? When you're carving out time, it, with margin to do something, are you doing things intentionally to process your faith, to grow your faith, to feed your faith? Have you found podcasts or books or articles? Of course, there's scripture. I talk about all the time, the, the reading of scripture and taking in truth in preparation for the time you're going to be squeezed because every single one of us is going to be squeezed. A friend of mine, Jeremy Johnson, shared an analogy years ago that's always stuck in my mind. And it basically goes like this. Imagine that you own two dogs of the exact same breed. And one dog you feed three times a day and you give it water and you give it dog biscuits for, for you know three weeks. And for three weeks, the other dog, you starve completely. And it doesn't get water, but you let it outside and it finds this mud puddle that randomly has water in it sometimes. And that's all it gets. And after three weeks, you let the dogs out in the backyard to be together and they get in a fight. Which dog's going to win? The simple answer is the dog you feed. And in the same way, when it comes to your soul and my soul, it is essential for you and I to feed our souls. We've got to have a regular habit of reading scripture. I say it all the time. We've got to learn in a regular habit that instead of worry, make your worry list your prayer list. 
and pray about those things that concern you, the anxiety you feel, the things you think about your own kiddos, what you're going to do for work and, and how you're going to pay your bills. Instead of just worrying, make that your prayer list. God, I don't know what we're going to do. Would you do something? Prayer isn't magical. You don't have to say the exact right words. It's about turning your heart to the heart of your heavenly Father who cares, and you'd be amazed what could happen if we would lean in in prayer. When you're squeezed, what's coming out? Are you preparing yourself appropriately so that when the squeeze happens, the right stuff comes out? Because we will all get squeezed. It's no different than thinking of like a bank account. You don't show up at an ATM or, or fill out a withdrawal slip at the bank and, and try to get money out if you haven't put money in. We all know it doesn't work that way. Another sermon for another day would be this. You don't live on credit. And it's not even a financial conversation. You can't live on the faith of other people. There's something about the need for you to sharpen yourself, you to feed yourself. I love that I get to encourage you right now. I love that we get moments to, to walk through scripture and be challenged together, but you can't live off of this meal spiritually for the next 168 hours. It doesn't work that way. So what are you doing to prepare yourself and feed your soul so that when the worry comes, when you feel the panic, when hopelessness feels like it's setting in, when you can't sleep and it becomes a tailspin of I can't eat, I can't sleep, I don't feel good, and I can't eat, so I can't sleep, and I don't feel good, and it's a tailspin, what are you going to do to stop and realize, hey, there's some tools I have that I need to be using so that the right stuff can come out. Father, today, I pray for all of us, God, that in the midst of a world where on one hand this is a corporate situation, this is so many of us all together, yeah, processing differently, yeah, navigating differently in our unique context, but we're all together. What, what about in the 11 years I've been in this role as a lead pastor, there isn't a day that's gone struggling in their finances, somebody struggling in their health, that God, for, for there's people individually all the time that are facing things like this. And my prayer for all of us, God, is we would learn the value. It's never too late to learn the value of spiritual preparation. To God, we can lean into you and find, as Philippians 4 says, the peace that passes understanding. The ability to take the invitation of Jesus to come to him and cast our anxieties. To lean into that faith that is there. And I'm grateful, God, that for some right now listening, maybe they haven't passed the test so well. Maybe they've had that anxiety, it hasn't gone away, and all they've done is talk to others about their worry and feel the dread and kind of freak out and mutter things under their breath. But God, I'm grateful that, Lord, you don't kick us to the curb in those moments because we're failing. You lean in and go, hey, I'm here. Hey, I got you. Hey, am I who you say? Do you believe I'm a miracle worker? Do you believe that hope is still there? You are our living hope, God, and I pray we would lean into it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.